like coming out. Oh, oh shit. He started. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the fifth episode of Trucker's Delight FTP. We are going to need y'all to buckle up because we've got quite the show for you today. We are covering Turnabout Intruder. And I would like to introduce my wonderful co-hosts. Obviously, there's William Wofford, <laughs> who is drinking with us for the first time. So this is going to be truly epic. And then I also want to introduce my dear friend. Um, and I swear to God, like... You cannot be my friend and be on this show. It, it helps if you're my friend, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not required. Uh, but Nora happens to be one of my really close friends um, for years and yes. years and years. And she and another friend and her husband are doing an amazing new cooking show on YouTube. And Nora, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Hello. Good evening. And thank you for having me on your show. I'm very excited. I'm fangirling everywhere. Uh, but our show is called Bone Appy Geek, and it's where we take our favorite geeky fandoms in video games, TV, movies, and we just make a delicious meal around it. We've done like um, the, our latest one is uh, a Gretzku, which was great. We've done Cowboy Bebop, Witcher, Critical Role, and you can find us here on YouTube at Bone Appy Geek Show. And that sounds super exciting. And um, you will actually find a link to that particular amazing cooking show in the description box. Um, yes, Jermaine, there was a bit of a gulp. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so, 30 seconds in, here we go. So, you know, in the interest of transparency, it's Saturday night. We all have watched Turnabout Intruder, which is the subject of this week's episode. And it's terrible. And it requires... Been drinking ever since. Yeah, that mostly. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> that mostly. Very good. <laughs> no, it was really funny because I remember um, because Nora's background is actually not in Star Trek, and I remember telling her that like she could she could watch this, and she's like, "I'm gonna comb through and look for the misogyny." Yes. I'm like, "Uh." -uh. I know. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to see this nuance. I'm going to put my, my thinking cap on and be focused. And they were just like, it's here, girl. And it's here. And it's here. So. <laughs> it's like neon lights. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Turnabout Intruder is the series finale for the original series. And it was filmed in what, 1969? Um, it wrapped on January with, 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
interestingly enough, it sort of undercuts everything that we had been doing in TOS up to this point, with the exception of, of the misogyny, which is something we're going to get to. But hey, Nora, do you want to take us into the plot summary? I want to hear right. You're the newbie. And I am absolutely prepared for this. I can do this. I've been practicing. No. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> Turnabout Intruder was the series finale. It was episode 23 of season three. Um, it was filmed, it started on New Year's Eve, which that's kind of explained some things. They were holiday cheer drinking. Um, so it starts out with, um, there was a distress call coming from uh, Camus 2. And they, the team went there to see what was going on. It turned out to be a trick. Dr. Janice Lester, who was played by the amazing Sandra Smith. Not sure why she agreed to take this role, <laughs> but she was great. Fantastic. Um, it was all a plot. She was there. She wanted to steal Dr. Kirk's identity. And Dr. The, Kirk? Oh, That's shit. a lot of wine. <laughs> giving him a PhD. <laughs> 30 seconds in, I'm already getting kicked out. Okay, no, Captain Kirk, she, um, of course, she was a female. So she hated being a female and wanted to be powerful like him. And um, there was an alien transference machine that she tricked him into. And they switched bodies like. Uh, that looked Lindsay like pretty much pretty like an epic, uh, like an epic 70s wall art. Was, I mean, for 1969, it was like, woo. I mean, it was pretty great. So that happened. Um, and of course, then they got, uh, apparently she had researched all of the command book and she was ready. She was going to take over. But once they got back to the ship, uh, five minutes in, she, of course, had a meltdown because she was a woman and emotional. Um, so we follow that for the most of the of the show. And then she went really banana crazy and said everybody was committing a mutiny and wanted to murder them all. Um, because of course, again, once a woman has power, she can't handle it. So we want to just get rid of all the witnesses. Right. And it's kind of nuts, right? I mean, because she goes from, no, we're not going to put you in the brig. No, no. We are going to execute you in the hangar deck and exactly. then like, dump your body. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, this isn't done. And she's like, you know, I'm a, I'm really Captain Kirk. I'm not a woman. I'm not over emotional. Uh, so she tries to murder them all. And of course, Captain Kirk outsmarts her and she is whisked away, can't lift her head up <laughs> and they rejoice. The end. And literally, and, and that's how the, that's how the series ends. Yes. And like the last like, word was if only, and that was the final words of the original series as they walked away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, the, and, the sad part, and the sad part is, is, is <laughs> Nora has been remarkably charitable. Um, <laughs> wow. It's so much worse than that. <laughs> so much it really worse. Is. Even when behind I the scenes, like the actual William, like when William Shatner was interacting with Sandra Smith, it, it, I'm sure we'll get into it. it. It's like misogyny 101. We could teach a class based on this episode. <laughs> And that's effectively what we're going to spend this hour doing. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Um, okay. Let's talk about why Janice Lester, who is ostensibly a doctor. I don't think we ever find out what she, what her PhD is in. Um, but, I'll try to find out. but I think it's pretty clear that Lester herself at one point had something going on. Um, 
everybody like I mean the standard the standard folks from the Enterprise beam down. So it's like Kirk's Black and Bones mm-hmm. beam down from the Enterprise. Um, they meet Dr. Coleman and Janice Lesser is moaning art artfully on oh Yeah, it's a thing. That was a um, moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's moaning artfully on the on the, on the bio bed or whatever. And it had <laughs> subtitles on, so it really did say moaning. And that's what she was giving us. She was giving us some moaning. Yeah, just in case you didn't understand that that's what's going on or were hard of hearing, it was in fact moaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, there's this moment where she wakes up and she interacts with Captain Kirk who swaggers over to her and grabs her hand. Um, and one of the first things he said, y'all, this is before the opening credits, okay? This is before the opening credits. Like we haven't even gotten past that amazing split infinitive to boldly go no where no man has gone before. No, no, no. Um, they are signposting to you where this is going. Because um one of the first things she said is I mean, she's she's raging. And she looks at and she looks at Kirk and she actually says, Your world of starship captains doesn't admit women and it's not fair. And Kirk's response is, no joke, it's not. But you punished me and tortured me because of it. So we have already, it's like 90 seconds in. Yes. <laughs> we yes. have had enough time to learn. We've had enough time to learn that it's Camus 2. We've had enough time to learn that they can beam down. And that's about it, y'all. That's about it. Oh, and the moaning. We've had the moaning. Oh, we had the moaning. And it's not even good moaning. It's just like regular moaning. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to drink to that. This moaning <laughs> would not stop. Mm. Oh, oh. The whole episode, I was like, oh, no. I'm like, are you having right. a constant orgasm? I know. Like, what is happening under there? <laughs> I have good thoughts. For you. Nothing good. That's the sad part. Like, nothing good is happening under that sheet. It's really sad. <laughs> Um, I know. And it's already that like 90 seconds in, um, Kirk is telling us one, that it is true that Starfleet doesn't admit women and he's made himself the victim here. As they do. <laughs> he's made himself the victim. <laughs> Hashtag um, not all men. <laughs> so, so Janice Lester and, um, and spoiler alert, if in fact you can have spoilers or something that, you know, I mean, really 50 know. years old, I know. 50 years old. So, I think the time has run out. <laughs> spoiler right window is closed. So but spoiler alert, um, basically they portray Janice Lester as insane for the rest of this series. And I kind of want to start there because when we start talking about sanity and we start talking about emotional complications and that kind of thing um in fact um bones actually starts talking about emotional instability yes at minute 17 yeah right there in fact that's minute 17 of the episode. It's a yes, emotional instability and erratic mental attitudes. I, I typed yep. it. That was the one of the pause moments I had. You, and I see, yeah. you see, you, I, I get, I get too. You comb through the shit, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 17. I'm drawing that down. 
Did you, did you not did you not notice that I had written down an actual quotation? So I don't want to hear it. I, I believe you. I believe you. I'm just I'm just I'm so I'm I'm I know I'm quiet, but I'm really kind of tipsy right now. So it's like <laughs> I am loving this shit. So, <laughs> oh, and I'm well. here for Tell us it. tell us more about what you're loving about this because this is, I'll, I mean, tell you, I'll, so... tell you, I'll tell you because from a from a cinematic filmmaking perspective, um I actually do have thoughts. Because, um, all right, remember when we were talking about, um, I think we were talking about Angel One, and I spoke with you and Robin, and I had questions, and I didn't know what was what, and, well, and I get it now. Okay. Well, this one, I didn't have that issue. Um, what, I, 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 mm -mm. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. No one had issue. <laughs> so. Again, just as a disclaimer, Trekker's Delight advises you to imbibe responsibly. Now, so what I'm thinking is this. I see Jermaine is really curious what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, I mean, he's even leaned forward and has his okay. interest in Jermaine face. There is a difference between a bad written episode and a morally terrible episode. Mm -hmm. um, it is widely known, and I somewhat agree with, with the sentiment, with the sentiment, with the, with the belief that the last episode of Enterprise was a bad written one. It was terrible. This one, however, is just morally wrong on 10 different levels to the 30th power of morally yes. wrong. It's like not only, not only did you take the time to make Kirk, do we know we, we know who William Shatner is? Okay, okay. We even know who Gene Roddenberry was back then. Okay. Okay, I was sad that you heard didn't make the episode either. Okay, okay. Was that weird? Anybody else? Just as an aside, like at no I, point, I, I, I didn't even know who that chick was. Um, over on comms, I was like, "Bitch, who are you?" <laughs> now. So if you would like, if you would like to play along at home, every time that particular admiral shows up, just take a drink. If so, you want. I feel like we keep saying that we want to do drunk trek, but literally every episode we're doing is like low key drunk trek. But anyway, so so okay, so whereas Enterprise was just like badly written and they rushed it, and I get what was happening, I understand what was happening with UPN and all that, and I, you know, all that. Oh, okay, whatever. But with this Ooh, one, we're going to the dark times now. I know, but this one, you're <laughs> literally saying that the Federation uh, screw the two prequels that we got now. Um, you're saying that the Federation has not evolved as far as originally claimed because they do not promote women to the captaincy. So what in the world is going on? So I, again, I am still, I am taking out Discovery and I'm taking out Enterprise. I'm pretending they never existed. Of all the times they made speech after speech after speech about how evolved humanity has come, that they left certain ideals and, and beliefs behind. And now you're telling me that not only did um, this federation, which is totally like a, a reaction that Picard had when when they didn't go to save Romulus, it's just like they're not the federation anymore. It's just like that made sense. Okay, this no, there is no humanitarian evolution. There was none, and I'm, the alcohol is making me talk a little bit more than usual. And I, I'm sorry, but you know what the fuck? You're speaking the so, truth, though. So please understand. <laughs> so everybody, like this is mirror universe, William. How are you going to sit here and tell me 
that the Federation in the 22nd century has backtracked 200 years in just one episode. Now, I understand that there are those episodes that you are questionable and didn't really hit the mark. It, just like with Angel One, just like with what's the what's the other one with the there's a bunch of other ones where they missed the mark, but it wasn't genuinely bad. It wasn't genuinely terrible. It wasn't horribly written. This one is both horribly written, morally mm -hmm. bad, and it ends there. That's where it that's ends. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it. seriously, like this is this is this is the worst part. This is the and again, we're jumping, <laughs> we're jumping the gun a little, but that's fine. It wow. ends with Janice Lester collapsing into Dr. Coleman's arms. arms. And yes. and you know what's interesting is he actually says that he loves her, but we've never seen any indication that she has any feelings for her, for yeah. him. And so like he carts her off to take care of her for the rest of her life. After 20 minutes of being in charge, like that was the most she could emotionally handle <laughs> as a woman. Yes. I know. Yeah. So yeah, now, I mean, Turnabout Intruder really is a profoundly disappointing episode and it, it, it bears mentioning that Roddenberry is actually responsible for the story. Um, so one of the things that we are trying to discuss on FTP is what is an what does a utopia look like? Who does this utopia serve? Who gets a seat at the table? And looking at Turnabout Intruder kind of interests me because apparently women don't get a seat at the table. They can't uh, handle it, apparently. Right. Um, because one of the things that happens, so one of the things that happens, right, is that Janice Lesser transfers her consciousness into um, Kirk's body. Oh, that's right, fantastic. Right here. Again, oh, I'm, Look at that. I defy you to say that you have not seen this on somebody's wall before. Look how Just happy she is. I mean, that, that is our exciting. first. Like, look at, her, like, look at that, that smile on her face. She's like, "This um, is it. I'm gonna be a man." <laughs> and, um, and now she's aspiring to be a man. Now it's not even. I, it's not even that. It's not even that. Um, and the episode tries to make it about that, but this is not an episode about gender dysphoria. That's not. Oh, oh yeah, this is not an LGBT issue in the least. No. This is like no. a power issue. And because mm -hmm. it's about more. Janice yeah. is very clear. Nobody mm -hmm. else, mind you, nobody else is clear on this. And we're going to get to that in a second. But Janice is very clear that what she's looking for is she's looking for the power and the respect of being able to be a starship captain. She, mm. she says that very clearly. That's her intention. And I think like five minutes and 40 seconds in, I'm looking over here, I've got my notes. She says, <laughs> and this was the first quote where I was like, let me just put this down and take a break. Uh, it's better to be dead than alone in the body of a woman. I have that. Uh, well. No, it's yeah. not. No, it's not. <laughs> so now you are in turn degrading other women. Mm -hmm. I wish you horror would have been there to hear that <laughs> but what's it, but but I think that's why I mean I don't I, I I don't actually know why Nichelle Nichols isn't actually in this episode she I had a singing engagement engagement oh there we go thank yeah. you thank you Nora. <laughs> I'm getting all this information from the um sorry the memory alpha 
synopsis. This is not me. I just want to we get have our, We have our we have our new girl, Murray. We have our new girl. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't it. want to embarrass myself. I do research. <laughs> Again, there was no way you were ever going to embarrass yourself because, like, <laughs> this is Trucker's Delight. It's a totally safe space, and I, and I want to make that very clear. This is a safe space for good discussion. I feel so, like I'm going to use that in some promo video because that sounded very profound. Mm -hmm, that was very deep. <laughs> I think, we, one, I think I mean, we need to, like, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I think we need to raise our bar for what is deep. <laughs> I mean, it's in the middle of a panorama. I cannot raise anything it is, it is except this last. It is deeper than 59 subscribers. Cheers. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, and yes, I'm a casual Star Trek. I'm sorry. Please don't come. We are at the 21 minute mark, and I have already lost control of this. <laughs> 21 minutes? Oh my god! I believe I that Gene Roddenberry, who the story came from, he started this in April, and then he finished mm -hmm. the screenplay in December. I think of 1968. I think he was just, you know, high on holiday cheer, and said, "This is how I felt watching it." Let me just make a misogyny bingo card, but I'm gonna like stack the deck. You know, I'm, I got this. This is my win, and it was trope after trope after trope. Emotional, and you know, unstable. It was it was just bad. And I've learned something that I didn't know before that this is how the misogynists think that we actually see ourselves, Marie. Like we're just walking around thinking, I want to be powerful like a man, <laughs> and that's just not the truth. And that's what's interesting about it, um, because the fundamental premise here is that Janice has found herself caught within the bounds of the society, and she can go nowhere, right? Um, she can't, she's not going to become a captain, she's not going to do whatever. Um, so it's necessary for her to take Kirk's identity. Again, mm -hmm. I, I, this is not, there we go. I yeah, knew that, this was that's, a picture. I knew this oh, Janice Kirk. <laughs> right there. I just um, want to be that gay as fuck. <laughs> that's all I wanted. I'm drinking to that. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, would, I wouldn't have had anything to say if he, if he I just, just, dude, just be gay. I mean, but, but but she's trying. I mean, she's caught in this in this situation where she's in the power minority, and there's nowhere else for her to go. Now, admittedly, one of the things that the episode really stresses is that Janice is nuts um, to the point where um, late, like very very like very very late in the episode, about I want to say maybe 15 minutes before the end. Um, she is in the body of Captain Kirk and she's on the bridge. This is after she's ordered the execution of Spock Bones and it's Spock and Bones, really, not Janice Lester. I think there's there's some confusion on that point. Mm -hmm. um, and she has a full on meltdown because Chekhov and Sulu have this amazing conversation between the two of them where they're just, just sitting there and like, Captain Kirk is ordering executions. This is illegal. Um, there's only, the only death penalty that we have is General Order 4, 
um, which is a callback to the menagerie slash the cage, um, which was the beginning of, which was what, season two? Um, I may not remember that exactly, but that's the callback. Um, and Janice is like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm the captain. I have the power to do this. And so Chekhov is like, so Chekhov and Sulu are sitting, you know, at the helm and at ops and are just having this conversation and Chekhov, Sulu's like, well, I'm going to stand against this because this is clearly the worst idea on I've ever heard. And, you know, Chekhov is like, what can we do if security stands between us and everything else? And first off, can we have a moment for that? Because <laughs> when, when, when <laughs> has Star Trek, like the Red Shirts, have ever been competent enough to quell a rebellion? There's only ever. two at a time that's ever dispersed. I mean, there's not, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> and so I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, at Chekhov and I really think they actually trotted out the bad wig for this just because like one of the sequences with his hair, I'm just like, mm, that's, that's, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh no. That's a thing. Um, I was just like, how, <laughs> I mean, they're almost like stormtroopers at this point. I'm kind of like, they're, I mean, even if they shoot at you, nothing's <laughs> going to happen. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. They're going to shoot at you and then fall over dead. Like, that's how this is going to work. We all know it. Yeah. And so Sulu has this great moment where he says, I will do whatever I have to do to stand against this because it's, it's, it's not just. Which is this, and, and, and there's kind of a sub theme in this episode about justice. So. But I, I agree. I hate that it's about. But the center of that, though, is that it's geared it's towards a woman, though. Like, you're taking this big stand just because you know something's not quite right with Captain Kirk. He's crazy. He's, you know, it, they even said it over and over. Paranoia. paranoia um, no, uh, hysteria. At 17, and 17 minutes into a 50-minute episode, this is when Bones and Spock have kind of like a sidebar. And they're like, everybody, like, the crew has noticed that... Captain Kirk has been acting unusual and they qualify the type of unusual with that fantastic moment that we've already referenced, right? It's emotional instability mm -hmm. and erratic behavior. Okay. Because, yeah. because Captain Kirk's, because Captain Kirk's a woman. Is a and, woman. <laughs> yeah. And, so and, I and think that it was good job on getting, good job on getting the gender pronouns right. Like, excellent work. You're way for ahead 69, of 69, that's great. That's great. You know, like, I'm here for this. Matter of fact, I will drink to that. I will drink to that. I am enthusiastic as shit right now. That it is, is the part of the evening where the Costco bourbon comes out. Oh, dear. Girl, she made her camera shake. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's serious. It's serious. All hands on deck. It is. It is, in fact, serious. Um, it's just, it's insane. Because it's one, of the things, one of the things that really bothers me about this episode, just really deeply and profoundly bothers me about this episode is at no point does anyone 
take on Lester's complaint ever. They, they treat the girl like she has hysteria and send her on yes. her way. I get to her face. Scotty actually talks about hysteria. Oh, I hated this. He yes. talks about hysteria. And to this point, oh. Scotty has actually been kind of like a bastion of good sense. Mm -hmm. um, there's a wonderful... So, all right. So let, 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 let's back up for a second. One of the things that happens is that Spock figures out that the person, the entity in Janice Lester's body is Captain Kirk. And he does that through the medium right here of a mind meld. Um, and if, and if you have ever read Kirk Spock fan fiction, this is one of the episodes that kind of like underscores that because the preface to that is Janice Kirk in Janice Lester's body tells Spock that Spock is the person who knows him best in the universe and knows his thoughts. And that's yeah. what prompts Spock to, to engage in, in the mind meld. And their best but, friends. Mm -hmm. She's not best I, I mean, I have a lot of really close friends. Like I have loved Nora I mean, for a very, I mean, very long I, time. I, I do not know that I would stay. <laughs> I mean, how, but, but, that's but, fair. I mean, that too, but how many times three in the last few years has Spock already mailed it with Kirk? It's also fair. No, actually, this is the first this is the first time that Spock I I think, if I remember correctly, this is the Kirk. first time that he does that. Oh. oh. That'd be interesting to know. Because one of the one of the issues with the mind meld is this is TOS. This is not TNG, which is building on on this history, this is TOS, and they've been kind of going back and forth over the nature of what Spock can do. And Spock has frequently served as almost like a Deus Ex Vulcan in many ways, in terms of the story. Um, he gets magical abilities based on what the story needs. And <laughs> I honestly don't think it, I mean, I think the mind meld really becomes a big deal in the mirror universe episode and then also devil in the dark when he melds with the horta the horta no the horta the horta is a rock monster it's a monster that likes to fuck rocks no judgment no no we don't we don't shape i need you to put down your boone's farm for a second no. oh now we're judging now we're judging <laughs> We've, oh, and then we're gonna drink. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh my god, Jermaine, is gonna, Jermaine is gonna kick us off. Trucker's delight. Like he's gonna be like, this yeah, we're gonna be like, I warned him. I warned you all what would happen. We're gonna go straight to the outro, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> this episode. No, so like, um. How no, the hangover from switching bodies. I mean, she, yeah. like she, she did. She was tired. like, Ooh. and so so. Like, but but Spock, like, Spock's uh, mind melding abilities haven't really been. They've been fleshed out, but like not uh -oh. really to the extent <laughs> oh, we get no. in PNG. And I just lost William. Um, He's out. He's like, that's it. Them this was originally going to be a very serious episode, and clearly that was that did not happen. Well, that was an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh no! 
I literally feel like flocks coming out of hibernation. Oh no. I don't know what that means, but that sounds great. <laughs> Someone should get the doctor. Wait, I'm the doctor. Oh. I, but but yeah, like and none of that has really been fleshed out throughout the course of T of TOS. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's basically been like whatever the story needed, Spock could become. Um, it's not really until TNG, in my opinion, that Vulcan physiology kind of gets nailed down in terms of what they, and the movies, obviously, mm -hmm. in terms of what they do. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time he melds with Kirk. Yes, at I least, just looked it up. You are correct. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I don't know what this means, but this is serious. I need a drink. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing um, drinking and waiting for the mask. Like, you know, it was crazy because even the women, um, Nurse Chapel, even at one point, and this got me too. This was this was Paul's number two. She looked and said with her mouth into um, Janice Kirk, who was really Janice's eyeballs, and said, I wrote this down, what you've been through would have completely broken most of us. And I think that kind of sums up how we were seen as women through the eyes of this episode. <laughs> like I mean, what we've been amazing. through would have broken us. We can't handle that. It's amazing. Who, like who the hell did they console with to get the opinion of how a woman should act on this show? Apparently um, was consulted. there's been some talk again. This was, um, this was from the, um, from memory, memory alpha? alpha yes they did they did the back you know the leg memory work alpha i'm just following up uh, apparently this was commentary on what was happening this was you know late 68 early 69 the feminism movement was just you know it was in your face brawls so, were swinging so around yes this was supposed to be a reactionary um episode to what was happening in the feminism movement this was kind of like, here's how I see it. And in fact, a Brenton Mallon, Dr. Brenton Mallon wrote two books on pop culture and how it affects masculinity. And the second one that he addressed this episode and he said, this is great. This is fantastic. He said he sees this episode as a reactionary response to the radical feminism of the late 60s. Dr. Lester is a caricature and a condemnation of the feminism evoking a fear of powerful and power-hungry women. And this is where it gets good. Women want to kill men and take their jobs, but ultimately they can't handle them. And I think that really sums up the entire that, yeah, episode. No, that, that is exactly what's going on. Which um, is crazy. Fact, yes. And that's my face right now. Face. I am disapproving. <laughs> I'm a disapproving Vulcan. <laughs> um, because that's actually one of the things that Kirk actually says, like Kirk in the body of Lester, yes. Kirk says to Janice Lester, he talks about how you are like, I mean, he literally says that you are, you are ill suited um, by training and by temperament. Mm -hmm. um, At the end, he says, where was this quote that it was, I can't find it, but she had an intense hatred of her of woman, yeah, like, and I that's what caused her to do this. I, I have thoughts. Yes. I have thoughts. Mm -hmm. I have thoughts. 
So I, I, the intense hatred, like, give me a second, William, and we'll get back to you. I swear. The okay. intense hatred of her womanhood, I think, is actually a really interesting comment because what it's it profoundly misunderstands what Lester is doing because mm -hmm. it equates her womanhood with her lack of power because I don't think, I, I think if Janice Lester had the opportunity to be a captain, none of this would have happened. Mm -hmm. What she's doing is she's fighting against a system that is not set up to welcome her for and she's been no jaded by that. Reason, for no other reason than that she's female. That she's female. And I think that's where the whole, um, where she says, I, you know, I, I covet his power and I just want to be commander because I guess in Gene Roddenberry's mind, in the mind through all these people that let this script go forward, that's how women think. We can't handle it. So we can only handle it as a man. And to mm -hmm. that, I say, let's drink to that. <laughs> let, let, let's drink to how wrong that is. Let's, let's very wrong. Let's drink <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. And that's, I mean, and it just amazes me just how far off the rails this episode goes. Now, I am not saying that TOS is a bastion of feminist thought. It is not. It had its moments, though. I mean, it had stuff that we were just like, I mean, it had the first female in authority in pants. You know, that's a big deal in, from 1960s. So do you remember, like, okay, so you may not remember this, but one of the one of the initial comments that is made. Oh, no, I saw, I missed the glasses. That's a serious moment. Yeah, <laughs> William you <put> did. <laughs> Where's um, my mask? <laughs> Um, one of the initial comments that is made <laughs> in the cage, and we see this I in the menagerie, um, is there's a whole conversation that, you know, one of the Telosians has with Chris Pike about whether or not number one belongs on the bridge. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. Mm. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry, William. We, you, we got, no, no. You take, take, it, you take it. Okay. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I have thoughts through the bottom I'm of this glass. Sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of us are saying multiple point. thoughts. You know why? Because I have a brain. Not not the transparent brain that Dax was dating. Or like Mojo Jojo. I have my own brain. Yes. So I have thoughts. Do you understand this? And I, I have a constant. I'm going to need you to tell me the thoughts. I will tell you. I'm just acknowledging first that Jermaine has the strongest disapproval face I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad and I don't see it. <laughs> a couple of things. A couple of things. One. Jermaine is looking at you like you've maligned his honor. I warned you. I said it. I love and this. Now I love I'm going to make my point. I'm here for so, it. First, I never talked about Star Trek while I was tipsy or drunk before, so this is new for me. So, they came full circle with the original episode, the first one with Chris Pike, and this last one. See, I was willing to overlook the whole misogynistic comment about having a woman on the bridge from Christopher Pike. I was willing to let that go because they had to remake a pilot. I was willing to let that go. 
but it lets me know you just sanctioned that original episode. Now, obviously, Discovery already did that, but I'm just saying, like, you sanctioned the misogynistic behind it. Also, because we have 20 minutes left, this is usually the part where we talk about what can we do to make the episode better. All right. <laughs> I, I can already think of a few things. I can already think of a few things. I mean, basically burn the script and start over. Now no, you you just you take out five good lines that the show would actually be really good. Here's here's one of them. When Kurt sanctioned that the Federation really is this way by saying, "I know." Mm-hmm. That's something. That you just gave an indication. That line, and it's the only time he said it. Mm-hmm. You just gave and you just butchered Starfleet. Every speech, every diplomat, every every treaty you ever made literally went down the drain when you said those words. Mm-hmm. You don't care if other women have rights or not, as long as they're an alien. But apparently, if they're a human, they still have to be subjects under you. Oh so, no. That's number two. All right, I love you, but don't do that to your camera again. I won't. You can <laughs> what you can also do to make the show better is if you really took it into context and said that this woman was crazy. You, if you really took it into that context, I need I need a proven I need a proven mental illness that um, I need a proven one, not no made up hysteria shit. Yeah, um, like I see um, the color I, pink and I'm okay. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> If, if that's he a thing, it, by the way, that's he, a thing that happens in this episode. Yes, it does. <laughs> if he would have countered it and said that Starfleet has not had any um, ill intent against women. We've long passed that in the 21st century. This is because this reason, and you refused to go get treatment for it. Instead, you ran with your disgruntled, your, with your disgraced doctor and fucked him on this planet after killing your entire staff. Don't sit here yes. and tell me because you're a woman. Then the episode would have been good. I'm with you. I'm at 100%. Yes. Now, if you want to make the crazy bitch a crazy bitch, make her crazy bitch, but don't make her a crazy woman. Do exactly. not do that. That's where you messed up. That's where you effed up. That's where when I went to halfway through this episode and I wanted to take a drink then, I said, I don't give two shits or half a damn about Kirk at this point because he <laughs> all bullshit. Okay. To be fair. There's a lot of reasons not to give not to give two Fs about Kirk at the Oh and boy, we're, at the we're bottle, just skipping. Guys. We're just skipping the glass. That's we're at the bottle. Kirk <laughs> <laughs> was on. We don't. Shit. And and I don't and know I, the Jermaine is going to let us. And one more thing. And one more uh, thing. One more thing. Hold up. Oh no, this is serious. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in for this. <laughs> you, I can get historically that Uhura was doing a show at that point. Yeah, I think there's more. To Only because Nora told you that. I mean, maybe there could I be. I think there's more to the story. I'm gonna add to it. I'm gonna add to it. Nurse Chapel didn't really have that much of a role on TOS. Mm-hmm. She was just there, okay. Mm-hmm. Just like for season one, Jordy was just there, okay. Well, when you take into context that Uhura was not there, and this was a show about women, mm-hmm. Roddenberry took the script that he started in April and saw an opportunity to write it exactly the way he and his peers wanted us to see it. Because you and I both know, 
even under the scrutiny, even under the misogyny, and even under the tutelage racism of the era, Uhura would not have been written to go for that shit. She would have had something to say. Just like she said, it's not the sun in the sky, it's the sun of God. She had stuff to say. And mm -hmm. she would have said stuff about that. She would not have went what Kirk was going through. As a matter of fact, she would have been the first one to stand to him. Mm -hmm. and because it was the last episode, if she would have been there and Robbery had his dick in his pants, they would have gone for it. It was the last I episode. I don't know where else would have been. <laughs> you cancel me? What are you gonna exactly. Do? Yes. What are you gonna do? Throw a tomato at the screen and fuck the TV up? Bitch, ain't my mm -hmm. professional TV. You're watching it. You made me money now. I, I, I'm, so I'm just making a point. You heard, yeah, she she was at a show because she was told to go do that show. That's why she was at a show. I'm just saying it as any as any realistic African American black story would take it and looking in between the lines of legends. I'm bring on the witness exactly. I'm letting you know. Just like we find out Martin Luther King was a Trekkie all along, I'm telling you right now, that woman was sent to that show because it was the last show. And to then, it made sense to her because she wanted to leave the show anyway. Okay? She wanted to go do music, and she did just that because she found out that that was going to be the last episode. So they sent her on her way. Now, 10 years later, they brought up most picture. That's a whole nother shit show we're going to talk about later on. But right here, I'm letting you know they sent her away because Uhura would not have gone for that shit. And it would have and it would have been hell if the audience would have saw that she only had two minutes of screen time and not said a word. That's why they had to take her out. That's why I think the show went the way it did, because there is a difference between Enterprise saying between the Enterprise of these other boys just saying screw you to the to the audience that, that scrutinized them. And this piece of shit that has literally butchered what the Federation stands for. There is a difference. There's a freaking. There's a difference between. I'm gonna need you to breathe. What's happening? Like I'm gonna need you to breathe. <laughs> there's a difference between bad, immoral. There's a difference between bad writing, bad cinematic writing, because it's the last episode and you ain't got no more money and you ain't got no viewers, and then they'll complain about ten years later when Discovery comes out. That's bad. Okay, that's bad. This is terrible. This is dishonorable. This is immoral. This is, you are stuck in the freaking past. It's like you are having a certain president elected all over again in the 22nd century. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's that's exactly how I feel. The horror. The horror. <laughs> the horror. And if you're going to make Kirk a woman, the least you can do is make him gay as fuck. I mean, missed opportunity. <laughs> well done, Nora. Well done. Um, I'm not Jermaine right now. His his very. I'm just saying. He's like, I'm not even sure what to do. I'm not even sure what to do with all of you. that. So you know, this, we're, we're gonna we're this gonna was set. not an accident. I'm gonna need you to breathe. Board, this was an accident. This was not an accident. They did this on purpose. They did this on purpose because. I like this. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh no. I just want to know that I was not involved in the muting. <laughs> not an accident. Not an accident. He did this on purpose because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. And okay. there it is. Okay. And he just laid it I'm all done. out. Um. Jesus wept. <laughs> the doors of the church are yes. open. Um, just this is for you, Robin. So I, so I do. So I do actually want to talk a little bit 
about um, just how far off the rails. I mean, William has communicated very much that the show has gone off the rails, but I kind of want to break it down just a little bit more. Um, one of the things, like, is specifically about Shatner's performance um, in this entire whole shebang. Um, there's literally a sequence when Bones comes into Kirk's quarters and they have this conversation about how Kirk needs to go and be evaluated because he's mm -hmm. acting erratically. Uh, Kirk is literally sitting there. Too. Kirk is filing his nails, y'all. Yes, he's like... <laughs> and this well, was right after the meltdown. Tell him what I said. Tell him what I said. <laughs> That's apparently a thing. Um, the sheer amount of tropes that we've got going on with, with Shatner's performance is, okay, this is bad for Shatner. I'm just going to say it. Um, everything he does as Janice Lester, um, you'll notice he has a, he, he pitches his voice higher. He exaggerates his emotions. He does his nails. Has crazy eyes. He has crazy eyes. At one point, he attempts to he attempts to reinforce the seduction of Doctor Coleman. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great there's like a great shot like right oh, here, boy. right yeah. here. Now, I mean, mad props to Shatner for like going for it. By the way, like mad props. But every part of this performance hits on every single trope. Mm -hmm. Even when Sulu and Chekhov and the random lieutenant decide that they are not going to go along with Janice Lester's plan to execute these people illegally, um, she breaks down on the bridge right here. It's like a she, total I mean, meltdown. It's a total meltdown. And it's very much a toddler tantrum. Mm -hmm. And this is not how women act. No. This is the embodiment of every negative stereotype of a woman in mm -hmm. that time period. Girl. I don't even know that it's necessarily that time period, my like friend. All like, time it's periods. Like, <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to take, I swear, one more thing. Also, I want, I, as an aside, I'm really proud of that screenshot, guys. Like, I, I, really I caught am. that. I mean, that, that encaptures, look at that face, thing. look at his eyes. One, one, one more thing, just one more Ooh. quick thing. I swear I'm done for the rest of the show. I swear I'm done. Uh -oh. If she really had, <laughs> if she, and don't mute me this time, Jermaine, I promise, I promise, I'm making a very valid scientific point. Manny will back me up on this. If she really had a realistic mental issue that she went bonkers with that literally disgraced her from Starfleet, her and her lover doctor, um, right next to her after killing that entire crew. I'm still stuck on that, by the way. Nobody um, mentioned it again. Yeah, just like, I'm just hey. like, how do you just No, not no, because clearly, because clearly she's the one that's been the problem. Like, she's so the one who's engaged in murder, not him. your consciousness, mental illnesses are a physical brain thing, and we don't fully understand the brain, but we do know that it's a physical issue of different chemistry in the brain. Mm -hmm. If you really did move your consciousness into Kirk, you should have left that problems, those problems behind in that other body for Kirk to deal with. Mm -hmm. Then you would have I'm sorry, you are looking for logic in this show. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not looking for logic. I'm saying that they defied logic. They defied purposely. It purposely just to have a show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, 
they missed over that whole thing. It's just like, well, so but, you but, need to tell but again, me. like the point is, is this is not a mental illness. Yeah, That's right. This being a woman. This is being a woman. This is how women actually think and feel and breathe. So at one point, um, like, okay, so there's this brief period when Spock finds out that that um, Kirk is in Janice Lester's body, um, and you know. Janice Lester as Kirk decides that what they're going to do is they're like, he, basically she accuses him of treason and mutiny. And so she basically says, we're going to, we're going to convene a court martial and no, no part of this court martial makes sense. Like no part of it, no part of it observes like, because be bear in mind, we have already seen what a court martial looks like in TOS because there's literally an episode called court martial. <laughs> You'll never guess what it's about. Uh, I'm <laughs> is that the one where Kirk is on trial? It is. Okay. Um, so we know what that looks like. We know how that works. And no part of this is how any of that works. Um, it's right. I, I kind of want to call attention to both Scotty and Bones here. Mm -hmm. So Janice Lesser is losing it. Like she is clearly unraveling. And they know something's up. They absolutely know something's up because this is again not normal behavior. <laughs> Wasn't it Scotty that said, "I've seen him at his very worst"? You know, we've been through this is where everything. I'm going. This is yes, and but not being a woman because that's the craziest. <laughs> so literally, the term he uses is, "I've never seen him red faced with hysteria." Yes, so, hysteria. So let's word. talk about hysteria as a term. For a minute so hysteria comes from the same root as the greek word for uterus oh um, boy there was because apparently this is a thing in in medical history there was a long period where doctors literally thought that the uterus would go moving around in a woman's body according to her emotional state where's it gonna go i mean <laughs> this but this is the root of hysteria this is where it comes from hysteria is a profoundly gendered term because it's about women going nuts because they have a uterus even up to the early 19th century Women, were, I mean, women were being diagnosed with hysteria and then being provided with vibrators as a way to treat it. I mean, but I mean, process that for a second. Toy, but you are. What are you talking about? You know? Like, process that for a second. They just wanted a reason to see the see their woman get off. So, they so when so when Scotty starts talking about. I, I, I'm just letting that go. Um, so, so when Scotty starts talking about hysteria, this is not, oh, no. this is a deliberate use of that term. Mm -hmm. It's literally invoking this concept that Captain Kirk as, I mean, Janice Lester as Captain Kirk is still suffering from this inherent weakness of being a woman, which is, that she's not rational, that she's not capable of handling the decision-making process that, that, that is required for literally any part, anyone in, in 
in positions of authority. Um, it was building up to that the whole episode. It was alluding to that, not alluding, like flashing, flash bombs the whole time. And then it, it, it just came to, is hysteria because she's a woman and that's how women act. So what are the, uh, going back to one of the things I, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, as part of this segment of Trekkers, Trekkers Delight, we've been looking at who's invited to the table. And what Turnabout Intruder tells us is that Uhura is not invited at the table and I think invited to the table. And I think she's actually not invited to the table for two reasons. I think, I think there's a racial component here, but I also think there's like the main focus here is on gender. So if we're envisioning what a utopia looks like, because that is how the Federation has been sold um, from the jump. <laughs> Bless you. <Gazette. laughs> um, but if, if a utopia is talking literally discounts the existence and the contributions of 51% of the population. Is it a utopia? I guess it depends on who you're asking. I think to some men that would be a utopia <laughs> <laughs> to me, that would not be, that would be hell. That would be, you know, Let's trap me in a room full of. Um, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get political. Because but what's yes. Nuts, <laughs> so what's nuts about this episode is at no point does anyone talk about. They don't address the it. injustice here. Mm -hmm. Like no, no one talks it's normal. About it. Yeah, like I mean, even Spock is talking in terms of. Well, this is the accepted way things are done. Mm -hmm. um, even the women all, are just like this is. You know, of course she's a. So she's crazy. You know, they just accept it and move on. I mean, now, admittedly, like we're literally talking about an episode in which every time Christine Chapel walks out of the door, the <laughs> camera literally focuses on her rear end. And it's all about, it almost seems like it's trying to get an upskirt shot. So like in terms of the cinematography, we are also kind of reinforcing this concept that women are lesser, that women are not, um, you know, not able to be significant. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, so Kirk start like Janice Lester as Kirk starts telling Chapel what she can and can't do. And Chapel's not given the opportunity to make that decision. That falls on McCoy's shoulders. Now, I actually think this is a good move for McCoy because I think what he's what he's doing is he's trying to make it so that she can so that she doesn't have to make this this choice and that's the right call. He's not putting his subordinate in a truly awkward situation. Um but but we continually see all of these women not having agency um like we've got we've got christine chapel who's doing what she's told to do we've also got this this lieutenant that we've never seen before because obviously michelle nichols had something else something other to to do um Supposedly. she doesn't she doesn't get the opportunity to make a choice about committing mutiny until after Chekhov and sulu have had that conversation mm-hmm 
Chekhov and Sulu basically say, all right, this is how we're gonna, I mean, they work out with themselves. Um, it's that, it's that. Yeah, no, like, um, the, the twins also really hated this episode. <laughs> By the way, I think everybody <laughs> they did, uh, they did. They were extremely confused because they're like, because they they can very much identify like Captain Kirk and Spock, and they were like, why is Captain Kirk pink? And I'm like, that's that's a whole conversation, my friend. It's a whole. It's a conversation. good question. <laughs> I mean, they make Captain. They literally make Captain Kirk pink. Um, to communicate to the audience visually, in that. Captain Kirk's not Captain Kirk. Mm -hmm. I just um, wish they had done it in a way that didn't make, like, I mean, she she made a point to say, you know, I've studied the command book and extensively. I can do this. I can, in just a few months, I will be um, undetectable. I just wish they didn't use, like, the lowest hanging fruit, you know, and just made her... And the second she had to make some kind of decisions that just went batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's really what it is. I mean, she, like, the second somebody, like, throws up an obstacle, she goes to pieces. Mm-hmm. She just goes absolutely to pieces. I mean, she's a doctor. You think she got to this point. We don't know what a doctor of what. Definitely not radiation, yeah. poisoning. Never, said, uh, yeah. <laughs> never even said what kind of radiation. Exactly. <laughs> but she made it. It's known that to be a doctor, I guess she had has some kind of education, some status. Also, can we have a brief conversation about the fact that like her paramour, the person who eventually takes over her care, um, McCoy explains to us that he's not a good doctor. Like, he was he was dismissed from his previous employment. Yes, was for both administrative errors and medical blunders, if I may mm -hmm. use the term, um, because. As as the sort of lesser, uh, I hate to say this because I don't like using these. I, I don't like talking in terms of like alpha and beta because that's actually rooted in really bad science. First off, it's rooted in bad science. Yes. Secondly, it's been adopted by an entire group of people to mean things it's not supposed to mean. So I don't like using that. We um, call them bro dudes. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> but but coleman is not good at anything y'all like he's just not he's not good at anything and he's and he's only along for the ride for janice lester and it's very obvious that he has this emotional connection to janice lester but there's nothing nothing Outside of this <laughs> sequence, which yes, was she's amazing. using him here. Mm -hmm. She's using him. She's she's aware of his feelings and she's manipulating him through those feelings. Because that's what women do, y'all. Yes. And then again, he didn't feel like he was in control of the situation or I guess as a man until she was literally in pieces, could not even raise her head to look at anybody. And he I know. was like, I, I am the, the hero. I'm going to lead you away to, I don't even know where they went, but he, it took that for him <laughs> to come into his power. But even, even as an incompetent man, 
he's not as crazy as she is. No, he was listened to. I mean, he was mm-hmm. uh, respected to a point. And not my bones, but no, but... well, bones. Yeah, <laughs> bones had that serious um, test to get to for Doctor <laughs> for Captain. I Kirk. mean, I swear, like. <laughs> I honestly, at any given moment, I expected Bones to come out with, well, bless his heart, but. Yes, yes, bless his heart. <laughs> uh, because, I, you know, like, I, admittedly, DeForest Kelly's Georgia accent comes out a lot, but, like, it really came out in this episode. And I As it like, should for this episode. I mean, this episode uh, was just, it was right for bless this heart moments we should have gotten that <laughs> i mean it, it was just heinous mm-hmm. like just heinous i mean even spock even spock's response to janice lester is to tell her that directly that he will do anything in his power to stand against her mm-hmm. spock's emotional expression in this episode goes off the charts Yes, First like part. that side eye glance when he knew something was going on in the hallway, and he just gave Bones that look like, yeah, he knew this was something. Um, and then it, it took for him to be like, oh, yes, this is actually Captain Kirk, a man, <laughs> to realize he's not crazy. It's just that he's a man trapped in this body. But yeah, I mean, very obviously. At least as far as TOS goes. And that's all that's kind of in the DNA that feeds into TNG and Deep Space Nine and night all of the Bourbon era nineties track. <laughs> well, this was the taste that we left in their mouth, you know, for all those years. This was your misogynistic send off. Like fundamentally. Oh, no. <laughs> fundamentally women are are too She's emotional. Great. They're too yes. emotional. They're they're obsessed. They're obsessed with their physical physical appearance. Again, why is Kirk filing his nails? In that, I mean, who do they have? Part? Don't they have any women around that they could ask? Or they just like that's what got me. That's like, what I was saying. That's what I'm saying. Who did they console with? Exactly. They didn't need to because they really thought women were cuckoo banana face. And even <laughs> and and even if there was a woman that apparently gave pristine advice, that bitch must have been drunker than me. Like <laughs> it was New Year's like, Eve, you know. <laughs> I, I I don't I, I, again going going back to this. I don't think there was. I think there was really just this understanding that this is how things. Are. They didn't think they needed to consult anyone because everyone knew this was how women act and this is how it is in the workforce. And uh, and a little real world story about that. You know, Kirk, uh, William Shatner had the flu during this filming and apparently carrying Sandra Smith was too much for him and he got tired. And he said with his mouth to her face said, <laughs> let me find that. Oh, where is it? I can't find it. Okay, I can't find it. Oh, yes. You know I love you, baby. But you got to lose about six, in- six inches off that ass. And here's where it gets good. Which brought down the house. <laughs> yes. Like, that just six brings inches. it back. That's reality. Yes. He said that. That wasn't in character. That was William Shatner saying it to Sandra Smith. His colleague professional and it brought the house down 
I mean, that if that doesn't tell you where their mindset was on that day, I don't know. If I was Sandra, I'd be like, it would not have ended well for William. Let me just tell you. <laughs> there would have been some. I mean, did anybody else spoiling. notice that there's a, like a completely unnecessary sequence in the middle where Shatner is shirtless and at the, and <laughs> I swear if Bones had said anything more about the peak of masculine. Oh health, my gosh. She said it four times in I was the 60 vomit. second period. Yes. You're at your peak of, of, health i don't even know what he said i was just like uh no. no 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 he's not he saw a pink light that's not the peak of anything <laughs> i mean it yeah I, this is such a again this is such a strange episode to end what was rather fundamentally a landmark series it's unfortunate that they and they didn't know it i mean at the time they were in pre-production for episode 25, mm -hmm. which William Shatner was set to produce or direct, I'm sorry. Uh, and then they got the news that in the middle of shooting this episode, you know, this is it. This is the end. I mean, for which we are all deeply grateful. Um, we I have would love to see that. <laughs> We've all seen Star Trek V. Like, we do need to remember that William Shatner made triple-breasted cat girls canon. Look, I'll say what you will about star trek 5 but that scene where they warped out of that torpedo from that klingon ship was the best fucking thing i've ever seen in the tos films. that was dope like that the, the way they did the cinematography in that scene warp speed now <laughs> nice warp speed now <laughs> the hour and 10 minute mark so what? Have any oh, wow. final episodes can we See? we made it nora we made it we did it <laughs> it was iffy for a while but we made it <laughs> i mean did it feel like an hour to you it didn't feel like an hour it to me we really did not we were just chatting away mm -hmm. talking about you know tropes so yeah final thoughts final, final final takeaways from this episode it was garbage. The end. <laughs> there were a few good moments. You know? <laughs> it is so garbage that 52 years later, you made William Wesley Whopper drunk as fuck on Trekker's Delight for the first time. Congratulations. I mean, <laughs> that is cause to celebrate. <laughs> I would, but I'm out of wine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, this is. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh no. The glasses um, are on. We've we hit it. Um, <laughs> however, that said, um, yeah, this is this is not this is not TOS. This is bad juju. This is um, but one of the things that I really love about Star Trek is that Star Trek is a narrative of improvement, and even when we have episodes like this, um. They continue, they continue to work on it um, because fundamental to the ethos of Star Trek is that eventually, like, that even if we don't get it right right now, we keep working on it so that eventually we're going to get there. Right. So, so Turnabout Intruder is Eek. pretty far down at the bottom. Red but, flag. 
It is not. It is not where Star Trek finishes. It's not even where Star Trek stays. So, one of the things we're going to do for our next episode of FTP is we are going to look at an animated series episode called "The Lorelei Signal," in which Uhura, uh, Uhura gets to be a Banff. Frankly, it's already looking up. So. Um, I want to say very much thank you to Nora for joining us on well, this episode. It was super fun to have you. Um, um, girling all over the place. I love you guys. This is a great show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, we're probably going to cut William off. Not going to lie. <laughs> Yo, we're no regulators here. I'm new, but we don't regulate. <laughs> uh -huh. um, right. But yes. We thank you very much for watching our episode. Please like, subscribe, share, comment. Um, let us know what you would like to see um, as we are continuing through what is going to be an arc about women in Star Trek going forward. So Ooh, thanks, guys. And this is Marie Brownhill signing off for FTP. Live long and prosper. See you guys. Ooh.